Hey champ, what is up? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about quitting your sport. I have been watching a lot of Olympics and it just makes me really sad that I am not there and that I have never been there. And so I kind of feel sorry for myself. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, um, I was inspired. I was like, what did quitting my sport actually do to me and what did I feel at the time? I was watching a few interviews and they were talking about how ex-athletes were really sad and like griefing the fact that they weren't um, doing their sport anymore. And I was like, sure, that's a big part of it, but there's so much more to this and I want to dive into that today. I hate it when I use the word dive deeper, but you know what I mean, right? So we're getting into that today. Let's let's talk about it, what it feels like to quit your sport. And if you want to add your feelings, if you want to add your experience, feel free to leave me a voice message. You can click on the link in the description and I would love to hear yours. So today I want to talk about a topic that I don't think is discussed enough. And that is about, let me get the cat hair off my microphone. <laughs> Um, and that is the feelings that you experience after you quit your sport. I don't think we talk about that enough. And I think the only feeling that that's been discussed is um, sadness and, and like the grief of giving up something that you that you dreamt so so long about. Um, so we talk about the grief of quitting a lot, but there's so much so much more to it than that and there's so many more layers so yes of course there's sadness and yes of course there's anger um but in my experience and i know that from the people that i talk to there are also different feelings of like for example guilt or fear um and shame around quitting your sport that that we don't really see in the media we don't see it in other um like public conversations that we're having and so I want to open up that conversation with this episode and kind of just share my feelings that I had around um, quitting and I hope that some of you might uh, be able to identify yourself in my story or um, maybe you want to add to it. I, I would love to talk to you if you have any more uh, feelings that I have not discussed today. So definitely hit me up. You can find me on Instagram at Jillian Bakker, or of course you can leave like a voice message here. I think, I think you can leave like a voice message here on Anchor. Um, if that's something that you would like to do, <laughs> if you're not scared to do that, that'd be great. I would love to hear your story. Um, but I just want to, I just want to open up the conversation. I think, um, that hasn't been done enough. So let's just start with the obvious, right? you've been doing your sport for many years, you've been practicing, you've been committed, you've been dedicated for years and years and years. I was dedicated for 15 years, 15 plus years actually. And then from one day to the next, and it doesn't matter whether you decide to quit or there are circumstances around you that made you quit, doesn't matter. The first thing that comes to mind is, of course, that sadness and that grief, because you've been dreaming about the Olympics. You've been dreaming about this like career as a sports person for, you know, however long, maybe since you were very little. And then all of a sudden that that ends. And it's sad because you have to give up on your dream. Um, and that 
involves grief. And even if you did go to the Olympics, and even if you did achieve your goal, even if you did manage to make a career out of your sport and professionally and actually become quite known for it, there's a point in time when your um, there's a time when your accomplishments are no longer celebrated, when it's no longer relevant to the public. Um, so there comes this point where where it's just it feels like your sports experience is non-existent. It's like okay, poof, it just disappeared from one day to the next. And so yes, yeah, so there's grief, you know, and with grief there comes this cycle, right? First you're very sad. First this sadness kind of comes in like, oh, I can't do this anymore or I have to let this dream go. It's almost like breaking up with someone, right? <laughs> you you feel really sad. And then comes the anger. Um, in my case, I didn't quit because I wanted to quit. I quit because of certain circumstances. Um, my skating partner quit and, um, or he didn't quit, but he went on to skate with someone else. And then uh, I found a new skating partner and we had to move to Russia to continue our, our uh, partnership. And I didn't want to do that or, and, and, and I didn't want to go there in the first place. And then we had a, like a fight about where we wanted to practice. And um, I also couldn't go to Russia. I was not able to get my visa to live there. So there was like all these complications. And so I was, first I was sad when I quit, but then I was also very angry like at all the circumstances because it wasn't my decision to quit. And so I was very angry with all the people around me. I was like, well, you know, if, if this hadn't happened or if that hadn't happened, I would have still been skating, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was blaming other people. I was, I was very angry. And also with myself, like maybe I should have done something different. Maybe I should have made different decisions, stuff like that. So the anger was like really big for me. And I've also talked to a lot of people who, for example, quit their sport because of um, injury, for example. And injury is something that you really don't have control over. Um, and so the anger, you know, is a big part of that too. Like you can't control that situation. You can't control your body. So maybe you're angry with yourself, with your body, with the way that you practice, with the people that pushed you to the limit, whatever it is, that anger, yeah, that hits really deep, right? So after anger comes... It comes acceptance, I guess, like, okay, this is just the way it is. And, um, well, we're gonna, we got to move on. <laughs> we had to do something new with life. I don't know the exact stages of grief because I'm not uh, a psychologist, but I know there are different stages, and I know that sadness, anger, and, like, acceptance are, are a big part of that process. So those are the most obvious feelings that come to mind when you quit your sport. Um, but I was, I was kind of just meditating on this the other day, and I was just thinking about it more because I'm watching the Olympics now and I'm watching all of the interviews that go around the Olympics and people, old um, ex-athletes showing up and talking about their experience. And I was just kind of meditating on this and thinking about it. And, and I went back to my time. <laughs> I, feel very, I feel very old when I say that, but <laughs> I quit 13 years ago. And so I kind of had to go back to myself. Like, how did I feel when I quit? And... Um, one of the things that came up for me, and please let me know if this resonates with you, if you feel the same way or if you felt the same way. Part of it was guilt as well. I felt really guilty for quitting. I felt really guilty for pulling the plug on my career. One of the reasons being that 
figure skating is a very expensive sport, right? So it's not something that you can just do. You have to invest a lot of money to get to the top. And so I felt very guilty towards my parents where I knew that they invested in me for 15 plus years and not like not like a thousand dollars a year, but I'm talking like 15k minimum a year to get me to the level where I needed to be. And so I when I pulled the plug on my skating career, I decided to no longer continue. I felt really guilty because I knew that my parents had invested so much money in me and not just my parents. At the end, I also had like sponsorships and I also had the Dutch Skating Federation uh, give me money and many other people in my surroundings, you know, people that wanted to support me in any way, um, they they uh, gifted money and other things in order for me to continue my skating. And so I, the guilt was really big, like, oh my goodness, I did we just waste like all of this money that we just invest so much money into nothing? Because that's how it felt in the beginning. And I also felt, so I felt guilty towards my parents, I felt guilty towards the Federation, I felt guilty towards my sponsorships. Um, I also felt guilty towards like team members, you know, people who were always by my side and, um, who invested not so much like financially, but who invested emotionally and um, mentally, who were there for me for many, many years, just supporting me from the sidelines. So that was really something that I felt. And of course, guilty towards coaches, right? Kind of like the same thing as team members, coaches who always supported me and showed up for me because coaching is, because now that I am a coach, I know it takes just as much dedication and just as much effort as the athlete. You if you're practicing at 6 a.m., it's not just you, it's also your coach showing up, right? So just years of coaches showing up at 6 a.m. practice for, for me, especially for me, and then just not performing at the level that I've wanted to perform at and not reaching my Olympic dream, I just it just made me feel, feel really guilty, right? So that was, was one of the things that came up for me. Yeah, I just, I just feel, I just feel, felt like I failed. I failed not just myself, but I failed the people around me as well. So I failed my parents, my team, my sponsors, my federation, every everyone around me. And carrying that load was really heavy, especially when I was I was 19 years old when I in, definitely quit. Like I just knew, okay, I'm never going to skate again at that level. <laughs> um, so I just it felt like I failed and I failed not myself, but everyone around me. And I felt others' disappointment, right? I felt their disappointment. I was disappointed in myself, but then having to feel the disappointment of others with that, that was quite heavy for me, um, especially when you're that young and you're 19 and you don't have the, the skills and the tools to give that a place within your heart and to know how to, how to, how to deal with that, basically. And so after the, the guilt came some type of fear, right? I... Um, I remember, because I was still in school when I was 19, right? So I quit when I was 19. I was still in high school because I was delayed. I delayed my school because I was skating so much. I, I didn't go to school. I was homeschooled from the age of 15. So I basically did nothing all day. I just skated and I invested in my sport. <laughs> and so when I was 19, I was finishing up high school. And in the summer of 2009, when I was 19, I... Um, I had to take my last few classes and I remember just feeling so lost. 
I was so lost because I had all of this free time all of a sudden. It was the first summer in my life that I did not have a skating summer camp. I was not skating professionally. I had no competitions to prepare for. It was the first summer of my life that I could just lay back, relax, go on vacation, lay on the beach. I remember uh, going out a lot, like partying, which is also something that I had not done before. I was never able to drink a lot and party and boys and whoo, it was all new to me when I was 19. And I remember just opening up that, that new life without the restrictions and the dedication and the commitment. And it was just me doing whatever the fuck I wanted. And I felt really lost. I was just like, oh my God, what is what is this? I, I felt like I had no direction. All I knew was that I had to finish my high school and um, I talked to my parents about it and they're like, well, you know, the logical next step is for you to get a job, obviously, and then think about what your future is going to look like. And so I got a job and I finished my high school and I just, I just knew, all I knew was I had to finish my high school and then maybe you know, go to university because that was the, the most logical thing to do because I was only 19. You can go ahead and have a job and work for the rest of your life. But I was like, well, you know, I might want to postpone that like work life because that's something that adults do. <laughs> you know, I'm not old enough to do that yet. So please give me a few more, few more years. So I was working towards going to university. But that summer, I... I remember it very vividly because I had a boyfriend at the time and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is the life, right? This is just, this is what other people do. They have no direction. They have no specific goal to work towards. They don't, you know, it's just living day by day. And that's something that I wasn't used to. And so I felt directionless. I felt lost. I felt, you know, like I was... I just landed in this black hole and I had so many opportunities, but it's, it's kind of, it's a paradox, right? Because on one hand, you're really lost. On the other hand, there's like an, a ton, like a ton of opportunities in front of you because you can choose now, either you can choose any road, you can choose any direction you want. And so that kind of paralyzed me as well. I had no idea what I wanted to study. All I knew was that I worked at a notary office and I was like, oh, this is quite fun. You can make a good salary with this. <laughs> you know, you could make a lot of money being a notary. And I was like, okay, well, let's just study law. But I had no, I had no prior like experience. I had no prior, I had done no prior research as to what I wanted to study or what I wanted to become after I quit skating. I'd never, I'd never thought about that. I had never in my life f had the idea that I would not be able to pursue my skating career. So I was just directionless. I had no idea. So the feeling of lost. And then once I felt lost, I also felt a huge amount of fear. Like, what if I don't have any other talents? What if this is it? Like, what if I just wasted all of my life on something and now I don't have any else to give to this world what if I'm not good at anything else so I had this immense fear right of not being able to find a new life path not being able to find a new career I had a thought and now I lost it <laughs> it was surrounding fear um yeah and that fear like having that fear really took a, a toll on my self-confidence because I was always good in something else and people recognized me for that for it and I knew I was good at it because I was succeeding. I was winning competitions. I was 
you know, doing the things that I needed to be doing, I was validated, right? So, okay, you, you are good. I was good at this thing. I was good at skating. Um, and so not knowing what else I was good at, um, yeah, that just scared me. Because, like, what if I was never going to be as good at something else as I was in skating? And then, <laughs> let's just continue with my story because I'm kind of losing my train of thought. But then I went to university and I was a little bit older than all the other people there because I I had delayed with my high school. So I was like one or two years older than most of the people there. And then people asked me like, hey, you know, what did you do before this? Where did you go to school? And I had to like explain my life story. Well, you know, I didn't go to school. I was I lived in America for a couple of years and I lived in Berlin for a couple of years because I was a professional figure skater, blah, blah, blah. I had to like, you know, explain my whole story. Um, and then the first question people always ask me is like, oh, my God, were you good at it? Were you good at skating? And how good were you? Like, did you win something? Did you see you on TV? And then you have to go on to explain to these people, like, well, you know, you might have. I mean, there's not a lot of TV. Um, there's not a lot of um, channels here in Holland that air figure skating. But, um, yeah, you know, I was okay at it. I skated internationally. I was somewhat professional. But uh, I quit because of, you know, certain reasons. And having to tell that story to other people also brought up a lot of shame for like not making it to the top for like not quote unquote succeeding because in my sport if you look at the level that I skated at it was pretty good like it I mean ob objectively it was a good I had a good run okay I skated internationally I went to like gr uh, grand prix and all like all of that stuff I am I've been national champion multiple times so yeah you know, I was I was okay. I was pretty good. But for people outside of my sport who have no clue on, you know, the levels or whatever, it seems not it seems like nothing because if you don't if you can't tell people that you went to like European Championships or you went to um the World Championships or whatever or the Olympics, people all kind of kind of look at you like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so you were good, but you were not like amazing, <laughs> you know?" And so I I felt so much shame for telling my story because it felt like I, it wasn't legit kind of, right? Of course it's legit. I mean, I, I did a lot, you know, but, but when I was 19, I had to tell other people my st this story. When I had to tell my peers this story, um, they thought it was cool, but, you know, not as cool as I thought it was. <laughs> so, yeah, just like not, I wasn't proud of telling my story. I, it was more of like, um, hey, I did this and it was really cool, but like, let's downplay it. Let's like not talk about it because I, I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on my future. So shame came up a lot too. And then with that shame, that kind of goes hand in hand with it, came the feeling of needing to prove myself. I, I felt the need to really show other people that I, w I had more in me than just skating. I, I felt the need to prove myself. I just felt the need that I... I wanted to show other people that my <clears throat> my skating career was valid, that first of all, and that second of all, I could succeed in something else, that I was able to to really become big in something else. So I, I don't know what if there's like a name for this emotion. I don't really know how, what to call it. It's just like I, I felt, I didn't feel, 
I felt like I had to prove my prove my worth, basically. Like, okay, uh, I may not have made it to the Olympics, but I am an amazing something else. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, there was a, I put a lot of pressure on myself, especially in the first year of university after I, I quit skating and I, I went to university to study law. I put a lot of pressure on myself. I felt like I needed to succeed in not just my classes, but I needed to succeed socially as well. I needed to succeed... Um, with my my diet I wanted to look good I wanted to feel good I wanted to be fit I wanted to um have a lot of friends I wanted to dive into that student life I wanted to be able to go partying seven days a week and um you know get all of my work done and get high grades I wanted to do it all I had I had this really this inner drive I that I wanted to prove to other people that I was able to apply my professional sports career to something else and to succeed and become the best at that new thing um but the funny thing is because i i would let's just say i was not talented in like law i um i tried studying law but i i hated it i i i hated it first of all i hated everything about the law because i'm someone i i just i know it's just it's not for me let's just say it's not for me Okay, and uh, I, with that drive to like be successful socially as well and partying a lot, I had no energy and time to study. So it bas- I was basically putting myself up for failure anyway. And then I wasn't talented at law. Plus, I was not used to studying. I had no idea how to study for tests. I had no idea how to study for uh, you know, or how to how to write a good research paper. I I had never learned any of that in like homeschooling. So I was basically my first year of university. I was set up for failure. And after a while, after that first year, I kind of let go of the need to prove myself. And I had a really good conversation with my mom. And we sat down, and she was like, "Okay, you are obviously not talented." at law you're not going to become a notary plus i don't think that's your passion i don't think um you this is something for you so let's just kind of look at who you are as a person and let's see where where your interests lie and what you're good at and what you would like to explore and let's see where you can what you can make into a decent career and so finally we we settled on communication and information science sciences which was perfect for me Really, it like it fit me to a T. I I wouldn't recommend it to everyone <laughs> because it's a boring, it's a boring study and it's. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, information sciences is is yeah. It's pretty nitty gritty, but um, it was great for me. I was good at it and I succeeded in that. And so when I started studying in in two thousand ten, when I started studying communication and information sciences, I finally felt like I kind of found my place again in the world I was like okay now I can breathe I can land and I can I can focus on this for a while and I did I graduated in 2014 with a master's degree and so after I I I had that good conversation with my mom and she she knew me best like she she definitely knew me best um and she put me on the right path again Uh, I had some type of wake-up call um and yeah after that I kind of found my place in the world I, I found solid ground and I knew what I wanted to do. And from there on, I was able to develop my career the way I did today. Um, but it took 
it took a few years to to settle down and to um, give these feelings a place. And to be honest with you, like the fear and the um, the shame and the guilt, I kind of just repressed that for a really long time. And I started to deal with it when I was like 27, 26, 27, 28, where I was like, okay, I need, I, I, I really it it just didn't sit right with me and i was dealing with that internally a lot and then you know now i'm at this stage where five years later where i've just totally accepted all of this and i can help others with it but yeah it took me a really long time for these feelings to give these feelings a voice to even understand the things that were going on in my brain at the time and to um to make use of them to make them to turn them into positive right to alchemize these negative feelings into something positive and to to integrate this with my career but to say that it's just about grief it's just about sadness it's just about feeling lost i don't think that's enough and i think that that's exactly the reason why i wanted to share this information with you today because i i want other ex-athletes to know that there are more layers to this than the media shows us and there is more layers to this that we don't talk about enough um and, and yeah let's just open that conversation let's open the floor let's share these feelings and let's not make it like a stereotypical thing because that's what I, that bothered me the most in the interviews on tv right now around the olympics is that it's so stereotypical, like, oh, you are an ex-athlete, oh, okay, you didn't make it, or you did make it, and you had to quit, and now you're, you're lost, you're this lost cause, you're this lost person, and oh my goodness, that's like the biggest thing, yes, yeah, it's a big thing around, you know, switching careers, but it's not the only thing, and um, yeah, let's just break the taboo, and let's talk about it, so if you are a former athlete and it can be any sport i don't discriminate i love all sports and especially now that i'm watching the winter olympics i'm like oh my goodness like maybe i should try a different sport i was watching curling and i was like these people are like my age i could still like you know go to the olympics <laughs> i was trying to find a way to still go and find a new sport um <laughs> but um yeah i love i love i genuinely love all sports because i can see the the um overarching mindset that we all have and it, i i hate it when some people say like oh this is m more difficult than than something else right that's not true all sport takes dedication and years of commitments and blood sweat and tears and a lot of mindset and whatever so i would love to speak to you if you quit and if you feel if you have any feelings that I need to add to this list, because this is my experience, but I'm sure that there are there are many many more layers that I haven't even touched that maybe you um, you thought of. I'm just now that I'm talking about it, I even um, had a conversation with others this past week where, and this is this is another podcast. This is not for this episode, but um, I was talking about like the Me Too movement in figure skating i was talking about abuse i was talking about mental abuse in in sports and um uh, the way that affected my mental health so but that's a whole different episode but i mean there's so besides the, the these feelings of quitting there was there were also issues from my career that i that i also had to work out and that i actually went to a psychologist for because of all the shit that happened in my career um and i know 
that um, many other people have experienced this in figure skating. Figure skating is a, <clears throat> it is a, uh, how do I put this lightly? Um, it's, it's a special, special community. <laughs> And the people who know, know, and they probably understand me, but um, a, lo a lot of shit happens, you know, and especially surrounding, like, Me Too and um, dieting and all that stuff. So I haven't even touched on that part, you know, there, that's, again, that's for another episode, maybe, if I'm ready to share that. But so next, so that's what I was getting at. So besides these feelings of like fear and feeling lost and guilt and, and shame and whatever, there was also the mental health issue that came with quitting. And I'm sure that others have experienced this as well. But I don't know, get in touch with me. I want to I wanna hear your side of the story. I hope that you found this at least somewhat like an opening to a conversation. And um, just know that whatever you're feeling, it's valid you're allowed to feel it. These feelings happen to the best of us and um, just make sure that you give it a place in your life and just make sure that you're able to process them and these emotions effectively and um, utilize them as your as the catalyst for the next chapter of your life. Take this experience with you because not every not everyone is fortunate enough to have experienced these feelings and that sounds kind of weird but it but having this depth in my life allows me to go even deeper when i'm older and and utilize that in my career so definitely definitely look into this on a deeper level if you want to and uh yeah hit me up i want to know your story i uh i'm curious about your experience maybe we should do another episode and just go like a little bit deeper into each of these feelings but uh, I'll, I'll i'll let that up to you and uh, let me know maybe i'm gonna record episodes on like each emotion each of these feelings just just to like go in depth with it but i'll let that up to you let me know uh, what you think and um yeah i'll speak to you in the next episode